Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series check-in for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We are an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also follow us at Twitter uh, at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue, and I'm trying to find something to be optimistic about this morning. Uh, it's Monday morning after the Cubs have dropped three out of four to the Brewers, but I am struggling. Well, good morning, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I will ride that struggle bus with you because it's not going to be easy today. Oh, my gosh. Um, Andy, I know you were in a couple of these games. What do you got? <laughs> Um, well, first and foremost, I want to apologize to everyone because for some reason I thought that I would be able to break out of this slump, this series, and this was maybe not the best time to test that theory. I went to Friday and Saturday's games, which, um, Friday was definitely not fun. Seven to one loss. Saturday was way less fun. So um, other than the company and the people I was with, it was just, it was not good. And I will even tell you that on Saturday, I said, if the Cubs did not score in the top of the ninth, I was going out to the car with hopes that me not being in Miller Park would prevent a walk-off and that didn't work. So uh, I don't know. I I saw you tweet this, but like, honestly, it's not you. I know, but... (laughs) Well, I, I wasn't helping. <laughs> it, this is one of those, like, you know, when you break up with someone, it's like, it's not you, it's me or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, this is definitely not you. It's the Cubs. Um, let's jump into it. So we'll start with game one, which was the last time I felt really great about this team. Uh, we talked about this last episode. This was a big series. It was important for positioning in the division. It was important to keep pace with the Cardinals and the Cubs team that came out and played in uh, game one on Thursday looked really good. They won 10 to five. Quintana did what Quintana has been doing. You know, he wasn't like the most rock solid of all time. He gave up a, you know, he did, did he give up four runs? I'm pulling up the baseball reference page right now. Yeah, he gave up four runs, he pitched five innings. Um, He was definitely not lights out by any means. But it really didn't matter because the Cubs offense came to play in the sixth inning and put up a five spot, which was great to see. And I I really had high hopes for this Cubs team. I thought, you know, with Ben Zobris at the top of the lineup, he looks great. He is seeing a ton of pitches. He's taking walks, even though he's not, he wasn't getting a ton of hits at the time, but like, He was doing a good job. Um, Wilson Contreras came out like fire. Like he was just ready to just like, uh, you know, do his whole Wilson thing down the stretch for September. And I was here for it. And everything was looking really great on Thursday. (laughs) That was Thursday. Man, it feels like so long ago, doesn't it? It really does. Um, This team just got bad news after bad news and nothing seemed to work out after that. And so let's start um, with Friday with the most important thing that has happened to the Cubs since we last talked, which is Javi Baez has a hairline fracture in his thumb. Thank you, Orlando Arcia. And, okay, I'm being a little bit 
unfair there because it's probably more the fact that it was a head first slide, but I, I'm furious about the Brewers and Cubs shortstops this week. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, he is not going to play again in 2019 in all likelihood, unless somehow this team makes it to the playoffs. I, I know that he's not going to see a hand specialist until later today. It is Monday. Um, but he, that injury at Wrigley Field appears to be a broken bone. And that is a multiple week thing. That is not a 10 day thing. Well, just a couple things that I want to add to um, what you were saying about this series. I think a big part of why this series was so important, and we kind of stressed this in our previous podcast, is to kind of put the Brewers out of their misery and and put them out of reach of doing anything um, here at the end of the season. And I think we actually gave them hope that they can do something and you know, it's not impossible to catch us for that second wild card, which right now it's not. Um, I don't love that. That's the way it went. That was really not good. And obviously we wanted to see it go the other direction and kind of secure up our spot and hopefully even have a chance at regaining the the division. And like you said, it's just really hard to really hard to feel that way today. Um, yeah. Injuries killed us this weekend a combination of things that are lingering um you know Javi Baez I kind of had a feeling it was not going to be good when it just wasn't um he wasn't coming back into the lineup at all we weren't getting a whole lot more information it was just something that would continue to bother him and you just kind of felt like it was something more than what we were getting and it it was obviously so yeah combination of you know, Addison Russell getting hit multiple times this series. Um, Wilson Contreras did get two games off. I was hoping to see him on Saturday, um, but I understand that's part of his his progress coming back full strength into the lineup. And man, you know, if anything, Thursday was just a sign of his September, then, I, you know, take your time because that was amazing. He looked great. Um, you know, Chris Bryant, his knee is still bothering him and, and that was evident in his at-bats and, um, it, it's just, it was just kind of one hit after another and not the good kind. It was, it was rough and yeah, I, you know, it just, it, it's one of those things where you feel like, and we've said it, there was a game or two where it could have been the turning point for these guys and we were going to make some, some positive moves and, and go in a good direction and have a chance at winning the division. And you know, it, it's just so frustrating. There's not a whole lot more we can say that gives you a better idea of where we're at. Because right now, it's just we just don't know what direction this team is going to go in one day to the next. Well, and, and I want to pause you there for a second because there is mathematically a chance that this team wins the division. I mean, four and a half games in back of the Cardinals sounds like a lot until you realize that the Cubs will play seven games against the Cardinals to end the season. So there is a chance. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel great about it at this moment in time, given the way they just played against the Brewers and how hot the Cardinals have been. But it's not like they're mathematically eliminated. They do still hold on to the second wild card spot. Um, the Reds did the Cubs a solid and wound up walking off the Diamondbacks while the Cubs were giving up a not fun game on Sunday. So they're only a the 
the Diamondbacks are still a game and a half behind the Cubs. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit after we get through these games. But yeah, it really did just feel like Friday, whatever fight the Cubs had had in them on Thursday, as they thought we're going to get Javi back, we're going to go on a run, just kind of evaporated. And I, I actually think, I I thought the same thing that it was going to be a little bit more serious with Javi when they put him on the lineup and then changed the lineup after batting practice. Um, I don't know how many people out in our listener pool out there have had a broken thumb or a broken hand or anything like that. But uh, I actually had a, like, not quite broken, like, almost, like, it was basically the bone was broken underneath the bone, but you couldn't see it on an x-ray. I had to get an MRI to ultimately get it diagnosed, um, like, six weeks after the original injury years ago. And it was the one of the most frustrating injuries I've ever had because I kept not being able to do anything. I had no strength in my hand at all. And people kept telling me it was fine when I would go to get an x-ray. <laughs> I was like, but definitely not fine. Um, clearly, this is a little bit different. And the Cubs have a lot access to a lot better medical technology than I do. But it was such a frustrating injury to feel like, no, you're, you're fine. It's not broken. And I'm like, I am telling you something is terribly wrong with my hand. I can't even brush my hair. Um, and yeah, it's so having him on the card and then pulled was frustrating. And it, I mean, frankly, kind of showed. Uh, Friday's game was a 7-1 to win for Milwaukee. The Cubs um, looked like they were going to do some damage here. Nicholas Castellanos hit another home run to give them a 1-0 lead. And then the Brewers just promptly got all of that back. And this felt a little bit like one of those innings. This four-run inning felt a little bit like they just could not get it together. Um, Andy, you were there. I don't know if that's how it felt watching it in person. That's how it felt listening to it. It felt just like a little bit of, oh, everything is going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, once that inning happened, it, it, I was pretty much convinced that, um, I mean, you know, you always like to have the optimism and think, well, you know, anything can happen. This offense can come alive at any point in time. But you just didn't feel like that was going to happen. Like there was no signs of that happening. So yeah, that four, four run inning was kind of, I mean, it was only the bottom of the third when that happened too, but that was kind of the, the end of it for me. Like I was just like, okay, well, hopefully we can scrape out one or two, make this thing close and, and, you know, make it a game by the end here, but it just, it, it wasn't happening. I mean, there was just nothing happening with our offense after that point. Yeah, um, Saturday's game, I agree with you. That was by far the most heartbreaking game for me. I had had a couple of problems with this game from the jump. So the first thing that I want to point out here uh, is that I do not understand a lineup in September when the Cubs need absolutely every win that they can that has Albert Elmore Jr. leading off. I don't get it. I, I think that is an absolutely, totally bizarre, indefensible decision and I I like Albert Almora Jr. as a defensive replacement late he has not been hitting well in 2019 and he looked bad leading off he did he did not look good um I didn't like him in that spot at all so the lineup itself was a little bit like uh what is going on here the you know you Darvish pitched well again It came down after the fact there were a lot of Cubs fans, myself included, who saw him pulled 
at 67 pitches after the fifth inning going, what is going on? It might've been 70 pitches. It was not very many pitches is what I'm trying to say. And it came down later that that was like a mandate because he had just missed a start due to forearm tightness that he was at a cap of five innings and 75 pitches, which look, I get it. If the Cubs are going to have any playoff hopes at all, it appears that you Darvish is in fact the ace of this staff right now. So I understand protecting that asset, but it just meant that they could not claw together a win in a tight game, even after coming back and getting uh, Josh Hader to walk in a run. And it, that was, man, I, (laughs) I almost, I, I don't have words. I, this game was kind of like soul crushing in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, totally. It was, and being there, it wasn't any better. I mean, it was, it was, there was a lot of Cubs fans there. I mean, easily, if we did not outnumber them, we were pretty darn close because there was, I mean, honestly, of the two games I went to Saturday was definitely more, there was more of a Cubs crowd there. Um, but it was just, man, Darvish with a great start. I kind of figured that he would get pulled early. Um, but what came after that was what made me nervous. So um, he looked great. Seven strikeouts in, in five innings. I mean, phenomenal. His stuff was working. You know, there was not a whole lot of offense in the beginning of this game. And I, I was kind of fine with it. I wanted a close game. Um but yeah, it, it just, it was so, so frustrating. You know, we had a total of four hits that game, four hits. I mean, that's it. So I don't know. I don't know what, at what point we, we just, you know, have to pull it together. This was against Davies. Yes. Yeah. This was Davies. Um, no, no, Friday this was, was Davies. This was Saturday Gio Gonzalez. Was Gio, Gio yeah. Gonzalez. And like, frankly, <laughs> I'm glad we don't have to see either of those guys again, but it makes me nervous for this Padres series coming up. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the pitching matchups for the Padres series, but the Cubs have really struggled against like random, nobody junk ballers. And I, God, I almost wish that the Padres had better pitching. (laughs) (laughs) Cause they do much better when they're facing better pitching. Right. We say that jokingly, but it's actually like, if you look at the record against the, you know, like the Mets aces, <laughs> like it just, it's mind boggling to me how this works. Anyway, we'll get, we'll, we'll talk about the Padres in a second, but um, yeah. So Saturday's game kind of heartbreak, heartbreaking. I, okay. We're talk about Addison Russell for a second. Addison Russell took a ball to the ribs in game two that was up and in and clearly hurt. And he was frustrated about it. And I was, you know, it's a hit by pitch. He got on base. The Cubs needed base runners at the time. Um, But that is, that's got to hurt. And we have talked about pitchers going up and in before when they're not able to control it. And I really wish they wouldn't do it. He then um, game three, the reason that the Cubs lost this game, I mean, Austin was on base because Russell airmailed a throw that was a routine grounder. Uh, and that was the winning run. That was the run. That run that should not have even been on base because it should have been an out was scored with two outs. <laughs> and that was it. That was the walk-off. So that was frustrating. And there were a lot of people, myself included, who were frustrated with Addison Russell on Saturday night. 
And there are a lot of people who have been angry about him being on the Cubs at all this season. But none of that justifies what happened to him on Sunday, which frankly was like pit in your stomach. Oh my God, I hope he's okay. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said a lot of things about how I feel about the situation and and him on the on the Chicago Cubs team and all of that. And you know, with all that being said, I, I'm still an actually halfway decent person and I would never wish harm on anybody. Like that was just that was really scary. Um and and you know, it's it's reckless and careless and I know that um, I don't even remember who was pitching for Milwaukee at the time, but I know I was. It was, um, it was their starter, so it was. Oh, um, I had it in my head. Until I know I did too. Adrian Hauser. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I I just I I mean I was watching it on my phone, but when it happened, I mean he obviously had a reaction to it, so you'd like to think it wasn't intentional, but still, even getting close to that area you know you have to have pinpoint control and clearly he did not and and that's you know that's something you have to consider as a pitcher knowing your stuff and what's happening and it just it, it's so scary and it's so needless and there's no reason for it and for him to have gotten hit twice in this series you know that that kind of leaves a question mark to me too it's like what exactly is happening why do we feel like we need to to go up and in on him so much Right. Um, I mean, it, it seemed like a, a deliberate strategy on him in particular. And I, I, I'm not saying they were trying to hit Addison Russell. I'm saying that whatever their strategy for approaching Russell was involved high and tight pitches. And right. that is one thing if you're a really great pitcher and you can do that. And that is a totally different thing if you are Zach Davies and Adrian Hauser. And I, that was a really terrifying moment. I don't think that it's a strategy that any team should be employing. We talked about this with the Pirates earlier this year, too. But if you're going to push somebody off the plate, push them off the plate in a way that does not potentially injure them for life. And I, the other thing about this that I'm really, and I get it, like he ran the bases and he scored a run and he started a rally and people are going to want that, like to hold that in their heart as like a, as like a thing to rally around. But I frankly saw it really differently. I He should not have stayed in the game. I know the Cubs are not particularly deep at shortstop. That is going to suck for a while. Uh, it's a terrible time to not have shortstops. But he was, he, he was still, they were having trouble controlling a nosebleed. He was still out of it. He should not have been running the bases. There needs to be a stronger concussion protocol. If you get hit in the head, you do not stay in the game. I, I don't understand why that is a thing that happens in baseball at all. Well, I think that should be it. If you get hit in the head, you're out of the game, period. Like that should be all that you need to know. Getting hit in the head, regardless if it's dead on in the helmet, regardless if you are, if you're managed to, you know, not have the entire ball hit your head. I don't care. That is like, you're messing with somebody's well-being then. It's it's much more than a baseball game. So if that ball goes anywhere near your head, hits you, you should not be in there. Like the fact that he stole a base on that first pitch after I was like, whoa, is he okay? Like, (laughs) I was worried about it too. I was like, I mean, he's not really that much of a base dealer anyway, but, and like, 
look, I, I get that it was like a, it was one of the feel good moments of the game in terms of scoring, but I still hated that he didn't get pulled out there. And I think we talked about this earlier this season. I hated this when David Bodie got hit in the head earlier this year and didn't get pulled immediately then too. I thought that that was a mistake by the Cubs training staff. If if somebody takes, you know, a fastball to the head, they need to come out of the game regardless of what your bench situation looks like. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. A hundred percent agree. Cause you just don't know. Um, you know, the last thing you want to see is Addison Russell standing on second base and then out of nowhere collapse or something. You know what I mean? Like that right. just that, and that's a possibility, you know, head injuries are serious. And, and I think the fact that it, it was kind of downplayed by leaving him in the game is just not, it's not a safe tactic and it does not look good for anybody. Right. Um, totally agree. So the Cubs attempted to come back here and it didn't work. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the Brewers promptly came back. John Lester did not get a call that was a real, a really important call. And I'm not going to do my whole like umpire thing. I've done that enough this season, but it is worth going back. And I tweeted this out from my BCB Sarah, Sarah account. So you can go take a look at the pitches if you want to. Um, he walked, uh, Fritas and that set up a home run which that exact same pitch was called strike one on Ben Zobrist in the Cubs next at bat it is the same pitch it's in the same location it's low and like the ball is like halfway on the pitch cast thing and I was just like really that's we're doing this thing again where the same pitch could be a ball and then it's a strike and it changes the entire game and I just feel like that has happened a lot to Cubs pitchers this year. And I get it. Hamels and Lester are not in their prime. They live on those edges and sometimes they get those calls and sometimes they don't and yada, yada, yada. Everybody has to deal with the same zone, except they don't really because umpires call it arbitrarily. Um, that was frustrating. And the Cubs that deflated pretty much everything. Jason Hayward had a nice moment where he hit a home run uh, with nobody out in the ninth inning, and it looked like the Cubs might have a little bit of fight left in them to come back. And then uh, through pinch hitting and the Brewers just needing to put the nail in the coffin of the Cubs, because they're the Brewers, they decided to bring Josh Hader out, despite the fact that he had thrown 30 pitches the day before, to face Robel Garcia. And look, I I tweeted this too, like, that's a terrible matchup for the Cubs. You've got the guy that strikes everybody out versus the guy that strikes out 42% of the time. So Robel Garcia struck out <laughs> in case anybody was wondering. Um, and that was it. I, somebody else struck, struck out after that. <laughs> was it Robel Garcia did not lose the game. I don't know. This, this series was frustrating. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, and you feel bad at that point in time. First of all, don't ever like as a Milwaukee fan, if, if I ever come across this ever again, don't ever doubt me when I say in April that Josh Hader's arm will be falling off in September because the, 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 I, I'm still, I still can't believe that he went in yesterday. I just really can't. And that was, yeah, that was definitely, that was a, um, somewhat of, of a little memo to the Cubs from, from, the Milwaukee Brewers that was okay go away now we're done with you <laughs> and yeah, so, it, oh go, go ahead. ahead 
no, I was just going to say it was, it was painful. It was painful because you knew the second he came out, you knew what was going to happen and you feel bad for Robel because obviously we know what kind of hitter he is and you want him to, to have a good experience up here because, you know, he could be up here again next year and you want him to at least be able to have, you know, some confidence, but he, he goes up against Josh Hader and uh, yeah, no, that, that just didn't feel good. That was not. I mean, hat tip Craig cancel. He got what he wanted. He won the series against the Cubs for the season. The Brewers took 10 of the 19 games that they played against the Cubs. I guess, congratulations Brewers. That's probably the thing that they will get out of the season. They haven't looked like they are a team with much fight in them against anybody except the Chicago Cubs. Um, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. We're going to talk about the state of the playoff race on the other side, and we will look ahead to four games in San Diego. All right, we are back. Um, so we were just talking about the fact that the Brewers are still on the fringes of the playoff picture, despite taking three out of four against the Cubs. Uh, just so people know, the Cardinals are currently up four and a half games over the Cubs for the division. The Cubs are two games ahead of the Brewers in the division, so we're actually closer to the Brewers and the Cardinals, which is all sorts of yuck. However, those seven games that the Cubs have head-to-head against the Cardinals mean that I still feel slightly better about that than I do about the wild card, where the Cubs are three games behind the Nationals and only a game and a half ahead of a surging Diamondbacks team. Um, I, it's going to be tight. If the Cubs play like they did in Milwaukee for the rest of this season, they're not going to be playing in October. If they can get it together, they can certainly, at bare minimum, be in that wild card game and potentially even win the division. And then it would be a whole new ballgame because we would get to see what they can do in an October run. What are you thinking, Andy? Well, I remember at the beginning of the season when there was a couple analysts that had picked the Cubs to get one of the wild card spots, and I thought that was absolutely crazy. I remember when Pakota said that they would have like eighty five or eighty eight wins, Pakoda and I was like seventy nine. So oh, seventy nine. Still wrong, unless the Cubs only win three games to end the season. <laughs> well, but they're not. I mean, I feel like they're closer to what's going to be right than. I mean, there's no way that the Cubs go twenty and zero. There's no way. So. I mean, you figure they play just above 500 ball and they're still what? That was some 86 wins. Okay. Okay. Well, then not so bad. But so right now, I guess I'm just a doom and gloom right now. And I apologize. It's Monday and, you know, I got to see not two not very good baseball games. So I, I'm still, I'm trying to get out of this guys. I promise. No, it's all good. I just, I just <laughs> have to be very clear that Pakota was wrong. In fact, obvious shirts, if you listen I, I think you can still print the Pakota was wrong shirts. <laughs> that might be the saving grace of the season that the Cubs did not finish in dead last in the NL central with 79 wins. Okay. Yeah. So we know that's not going to happen, but <laughs> you, it just, one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, obviously there was something that people saw that they just, you know, and I don't know. I mean, maybe this play in other people's minds get spread out over a season rather than just towards the end of the season. But, you know, it's really starting to feel like 2018 all over again. Like it just, and, and you know, we're not even where we were this time last year. So, you know, a couple things, a couple outside factors, obviously the Cardinals are surging right now and they look amazingly hot and, and scary hot, but whoever ends up winning this division, really the bottom line is what will they be able to do in the playoffs? 
and even the Cubs with the wild card, you know, what will actually be able to happen? You know, crazy things happen in this game every day, every inning. So you never know. And we can predict all we want or, or, or look at the projections all we want. But when it comes down to it, it's up to those guys that actually play the game. So right now, yeah, it doesn't feel so good for me. It doesn't feel so good. I'm trying to, you know, find the silver lining and all of this. But I, it just between the injuries and, and you know, where this lineup is at and everything else, I, I feel I feel like we'll be lucky to get that second wild card spot and, and hold on to it. And I love that we have seven head-to-head games against St. Louis. And don't worry, I will not be going to any. Um, but to, What are you talking about? Oh, you're going to two games with me at Wrigley Field. No, no, no. I'm not going to any of the head-to-head games against St. Louis. Oh, okay. I, okay. I was going to say, because I, I saw your tweet that you were not going to any more games. And I was like, you need a, you need an asterisk on those because you're going to these games with me at Wrigley. And it's going to be okay because I looked up my record and my record this year is 23 and four. So I think that, and, and I know your record at Wrigley Field is good this year. So I don't think whatever's going on with you and the Cubs extends to Wrigley. I think Wrigley is like a magical zone. Where you no, yes. win baseball. I agree with that. And I will say it was quite funny. My oldest daughter on the way home, we were talking about um, my not so great away record with the Chicago Cubs. And Ava says, my oldest daughter, she says, well, mom, I guess that means we'll just have to go to all our games at Wrigley. And I said, well, oh, I, can, I can get on board with that. I love her. That's adorable. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Captain Obvious. Why didn't I think of that? That's so speaking of games that Andy is going to see the Cubs play, uh, she is coming to visit me in Chicago, and I'm super excited about it. We are going to go to Pedro Stroke Bobblehead Day together because obviously you go to Pedro Stroke Bobblehead Day. It was the game that I circled on my calendar when the schedule came out, and I am going to enjoy that game regardless of what is going on with the Cubs. I'm just going to. And then the next night is Social Media Night, which is always an outstanding and fun time if you've not signed up for Social Media Night 2019. It is September 16th. Andy and I will both be there. Definitely come hang out with us at Wrigley Field. Yeah, I I definitely, I need to get out from under this cloud quickly because, um, yeah, that's just a couple days away. That's like Sunday. That's, you know, just, just under a week away. So I will, I will be fine. I'll be okay. I know I'm always the, I try to be the positive one here, but it's just hard when you, you know, go, you know, want to, want to have a great time and, unfortunately on the baseball field get your head kicked in one game and then lose in the last inning in the other game so I'm gonna be okay I promise I will have my positivity back after this next series all will be well I will be pumped to see Sarah in Chicago and we will have a great time regardless of what happens on the scoreboard awesome so uh just in case you're you're one of those people like me who is a temporary lifelong fan of whoever is playing your enemies you know like the enemy of the enemy my enemy is my friend or whatever. Uh, for the next few days, we are all temporary lifelong Rockies, Twins, and Mets fans. So get your Rockies, Twins, and Mets fan gear, people. Um, <laughs> the Cubs, meanwhile, are going to San Diego. So it's going to be some late-night baseball for the next few days. They are playing the Padres, who, you know, the Padres had some promising games earlier this season they are a really interesting and young team, but they have struggled down the stretch. They have been out of the uh, playoff picture for a while now. Uh, and their most interesting player, in my opinion, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, is out. He's out for the season. He had a stress reaction in his back. And so it's unfortunate that the two players that I think are the most exciting players in baseball, not just on these two teams, will not be playing in this series in Tatis Jr. and Javier Baez. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Cubs do at shortstop. I'm going to guess it's some combination of Ian Happ and David Bodie, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, what are you thinking about this Padres series beyond the fact that, you know, there are no shortstops playing in it? Oh, man, what is a life without Javi Baez? Seriously. I, I should actually asterisk that because I do not want uh, Machado fans coming after me. Manny Machado is, in fact, a shortstop and can play shortstop. So he is the, he is the lone shortstop playing in this series. Well, yes, and, and, but not playing shortstop, right? I don't I, I haven't looked at who the Padres have been, how they've been lining up with Tatis Jr. out. Tell me about the what you're thinking about the Padres series while I look that up. So, I mean, there's definitely an opportunity here, um, depending on who the Cubs can put on the field and, and, and what um, personality they decide to bring, whether it's, you know, are we the away Cubs or are we the home Cubs or can we just win some baseball games? How about that? Um Please, yeah, I mean, just yes. win baseball games. Seriously, I, I really, you know, I will admit it because I am somebody that it does not matter what time the Cubs play or where they play or any of that stuff. Like I'm watching the game. I will admit that I looked at the schedule this week and I said, how many of these games am I going to stay up and watch? Because I just, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. So we're going to play it by ear and see what happens. But I'm definitely, I will be watching tonight. Um, you know, we got to, we got to make some, make some moves. Somebody's got to step up. I, if I see Albert Almora Jr. at lead off this series, I will probably turn off the game. Um, that's just but a Joe, frustrating. Say no. What's just that? Say no. Say no, Joe. No, yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. I didn't think that was a hard thing, but then all of a sudden when you see him at lead off, it's like, really, I saw that lineup and I was like, okay, I, I'm, I don't understand what's happening here. Wow. Like, I don't, uh oh, what? Andy. What? Paul Sullivan is projecting that the Cubs are going to call up Nico Horner. What? In, with Baez and Addison out. What? I just got the goosebumps. What? Are you Nico serious? Nico Horner is getting a call up to get a look at short. I, I, I mean, <sighs> I don't, they have, the Cubs have not announced this. This is a Paul Sullivan suggestion. And I'm looking to see if anybody else is saying this. That would be a huge, incredible potential boost. I seriously, I have the goosebumps right now. I'm about nine million times more excited than okay. So there, this is just Paul Sullivan right now, but he is a blue checkmark guy. Um, But all of our friends on Twitter are really excited about the possibility that Nico Horner is getting a look here. Um, so that could be happening, Cubs fans. We we don't know, and we're actually. About five minutes away from this uh, podcast being over, so we will not know by the time we finish this podcast, but that is a possibility, and look for Nico Horner to possibly, possibly make his debut in San Diego this week. How are you feeling now? Holy crap. (laughs) I don't even know if I can say that, but I'm going to say it. Wow. I think that, I just made Andy happy, everybody. Yes. The cloud is lifted. We just took a we just took a really, really nice left turn right there. I am so excited. Oh my gosh. I don't think people really understand what this means. This could be huge. This could be really big. Yeah, I mean I totally I, agree. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Nico Horner is the Cubs first round draft pick from a couple years ago. He is probably going to pay, be a second baseman, not a shortstop, but he gives the Cubs a little bit of infield depth here. And 
this is one of those call-ups that people have been waiting for. Like, I have been waiting for this. I'm here for the Nico Horner era to begin. Um, and this could be an incredible jolt of energy to the team precisely when they need it, which is exactly what you're supposed to do with September call-ups. None of this, like, service time nonsense. Like, get it going. Give this team a boost when they need it. I love it. I love this idea. Oh, now I'm really excited to come watch Cubs baseball in Chicago. Oh, right. We'll get to potentially see Nico Horner playing at Wrigley Field for some of his first games. That's great. Oh, my gosh. So All right. Excited. So um, sorry for that random little interlude. I was looking up the Padres lineup to see that Luis Urias is the one who has been playing shortstop. And that came across my mentions instead. And so I just had to point it out. And I'm super, super jazzed about this. Uh, it looks like the probable pitching matchups are going to be Hendricks versus Quantrill, Q versus Bolanos, uh, Hamels versus Paddock, and Darvish versus Lamette. Um, I mean, those are what they are, you know. Kyle, uh, Q, and Darvish have looked pretty solid lately. Hamels really has not. He's struggled a lot. I wrote about this recently since the All-Star break. He is carrying an ERA over seven, and hopefully he can bring that back in a pitcher-friendly park in San Diego. Um, anything about these matchups jumping out at you, Andy? We just, we, yeah, Hamels needs to at least get back to this consistent pitcher that he was for a minute. He has not looked very, I don't know. He, I don't even, I don't want to use the term I was about to use. He has not looked good at all. He needs to figure that out quickly if we're going to do anything, because I'll tell you right now, if our offense is as lackluster as it's been our pitching at least needs to be able to hold teams in so um yeah i'm looking forward to see how how kyle pitches and q and darvish but hamill's really i'm going to be keeping an eye on him he definitely needs to come out and and be able to find some consistency and get through some innings and we need that from him in september so um yeah i'll be watching for that the other pitchers I mean, I don't know a whole lot about any of these pitchers. None of these names really jump out at me. Quantrill, I feel like we faced him. Um, I don't think it matters. Like, we have to, as as a collective group, have to stop being afraid of these no-name pitchers. And I say that because I am afraid of no-name pitchers. <laughs> they're, they're as bad as TBDs, okay? TBD um, is the worst. The Cubs always look terrible against TBD. I know. I kind of feel like these should be, like, three TBD pitchers right now. Um but I mean, really, our offense is so, you know, it's been such a, a roller coaster this year. It would be really nice if we could find some consistency and different guys can take turns stepping up. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is that you cannot win games without scoring runs. And, you know, being a team that is so reliant on the long ball, we have got to figure out how to grind out some runs and and really, you know, produce in that sense. And, you know, if one or two runs will win a game, I'm not going to be mad about that. But there has to be one or two runs, and we yeah, have to have more than four hits. <laughs> and they're going to need to figure out a way to grind out some runs in San Diego. It's just not a place where pitchers generally give up a lot of long balls. I mean, I Kyle Schwarber may just obliterate what I just said because he's been on fire lately. But really, it is not a particularly home run friendly park. Um, that is all the time that we have on this Monday morning, unfortunately, Cubs fans. But uh, we will be keeping an eye on this Nico Horner news all day. If you do not already follow our Cup of Cubby Blue account on Twitter or myself, BCB underscore Sarah or Andy, 
D-R-Y-Z underscore blue, get on that because we will be on top of this Nico Horner potential, I don't know, maybe news um, all day. And we will be watching the Padres games late at night. So if you're looking for some late night company, you know where to find us. We will be back to talk about everything that happened in San Diego and to look ahead to a pirate series uh, in a few days. Uh, Everybody have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye.